Welcome to the Lee Schools TV podcast. I'm Adam Wright. If you're a fan of history, you're going to enjoy this episode today because we're going to be talking about some Civil War history, specifically some Florida Civil War history. Our guest today is Sarah Schwartz, a senior at Estero High School. Sarah, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. So you just got accepted to be part of the inaugural American Battlefield Trust Youth Leadership Team. Yes, I did. What is the American Battlefield Trust? So the American Battlefield Trust is a nonprofit organization located in Washington, D.C., and our primary goal is to preserve and protect America's hallowed ground battlefields from the War of 1812, the Civil War, and the American Revolution. And our secondary goal is to educate people about what happened there and why it matters. So you're part of the very first youth leadership team yes. involved with this organization. Mm -hmm. What is the purpose, the role of the youth leadership team? So we're essentially the, the youth face. We're all the history nerds that come together and we talk about history and we um, advocate to our schools why, why battlefields really matter, why we need to preserve them. So how did you get involved with this youth leadership team and, and why did you want to be a part of it? It's actually kind of a weird story. Um, I was scrolling on Instagram one day, just like a normal teenage girl, whatever, uh, and I saw an ad from the American Battlefield Trust saying, hey, do you like history? Uh, do you want to preserve America's hallowed grounds? All that fun stuff. And I clicked the link, just wanted, wanted to see what, what was up, and um, it sent me to the website, and I started reading more and more. I'm like, wow, this really matters. This is an issue that's really important. So I decided to apply, and I sent in an essay explaining um, why I love history, American history specifically, and um, a project proposal for what I would do if I joined in and they accepted me so it was awesome. We'll get to your project proposal in a little bit but uh, so you you learned about this through Instagram. Yes it's very weird but um, all the kids it's myself and nine others we all learned about it from Instagram wow. so it's well, very useful advertising uh, method. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say their advertising paid off. Yeah. So you and nine others are mm -hmm. part of this uh, team? Yes um, nine others from all over the country. I was gonna so ask. we have Arizona, California, New York, Kentucky, like all over. Any idea how many applied? Are you part of a... Uh, okay. I want to say like around 50. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure the exact yeah. number. All right. So, um, yeah. So why why did you want to get involved? Obviously, you love history. Mm -hmm. Why do you think it's important? Why do you think this is an important uh, thing to do to you know preserve and educate mm -hmm. people about these historic battlefield sites? You know, a lot of people tell me, oh, I thought we already preserved all the important places. But that's not true, really. 60% um, of battlefield land from the Revolution in 1812 are completely gone through de development, which wow. a lot of people don't know, and 20% uh, for the Civil War. So these are places that we really need to preserve and protect. Um, these are places where people fought and lost their lives for our country and for our freedom, and it's really important to remember that. Yeah. Okay, so your project is mm -hmm. preserving and educating um, the battlefield in Alusty, yes. Florida which is the site of the largest and most significant battle mm -hmm. in the American Civil War in Florida. Yes. Uh, so tell me about your project and what your goal is. Uh, so my plan is to take three students from each of the Lee County high schools, and uh, those are going to be students that are interested in history, obviously, and are willing to go to visit the battlefield and learn more. And uh, we're going to bus up to Sanders, Florida, which is where Alusty State Park is, and we're going to either uh, take a tour of the battlefield with some interpretations from guides, or we're just going to do a preservation project, depending on what their needs are, um, see if there's any trash that they need picking up, anything like that, just to make sure that it's a nice area. And when are you going to be doing this? Uh, this is going to be beginning to mid-October, okay. tentatively. All right, yeah. yeah. So I know you're still in the very early stages yes. of trying to do a little bit of fundraising and gather some interest from some students mm -hmm. around the district as well. So 
Well, I, I, I really am interested in learning more about the Battle of Olusti mm-hmm. uh, because I honestly had not heard of it. Um, and I consider myself somewhat of a history nerd, um, but you know, I know the big parts of the Civil War. Not don't know a whole lot about the Civil War in regards to what happened here in Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it was Florida was considered kind of one of the, probably the most insignificant yes. state uh, as far as battles go in in the Confederacy. So I did a little bit of research uh, ahead of this podcast to prepare, and I'm just going to kind of. Uh, set the stage a little bit sure. with some some information. So Florida was the third state to secede from the Union uh, after South Carolina and Mississippi. Uh, it was the smallest state in the Confederacy by population. Right. Had a population of about 150,000 people back in you know 1868. Yeah, you remember, we were all swamp back yeah, then. Yeah. Nothing it was, was still here. a very young state back yes. then. Uh, but 150,000-ish population and 60,000 of those. Uh, were slaves. So almost half the population of the state of Florida back then was was entirely slaves. Uh, And again, yeah, neither army focused much on Florida in the Civil War, but Florida was a big Mm -hmm. supplier of beef and salt to the Confederate Mm -hmm. armies that I learned. They only supplied about 15,000 troops, uh, one five thousand troops to the Confederacy. So not a ton, but they, the Confederate Army really relied on resources from the state of yeah. Florida. So battles here in Florida were mostly small skirmishes. Uh, there was a battle here in Fort Myers, um, which might be a topic for another podcast, yes. but today we're going to focus on the Battle of Olusti. So a lot of troops that Florida supplied went off to fight in other states under mm-hmm. you know General Robert E. Lee, uh, but we're going to talk about the Battle of Olusti. So this is the battlefield that you are, you know, you want to educate and preserve so people can learn about what happened there. Again, it was the only major battle fought in Florida in the Civil War. So what can you tell us about what happened? Yeah, so like you said before, Florida was a big port state. Um, The Confederacy towards the end of the Civil War, this is in February of 1864, uh, they were starting to get a lot of weakened soldiers. Um, the morale was going down and down as the Union started to get more victories. Yeah, this was, so 1864, this was after Gettysburg. Right. After, towards the end of the yeah. war, you mm-hmm. know, I think the war ended just a year after this yes, battle. Yes, 1865. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, Florida was becoming more and more interest to the Confederacy because the North had actually blockaded most of their ports. So they needed some supplies from the British, from the French, um, and those were all coming in from Florida. So the Union started looking, oh my gosh, they're getting all their supplies from Florida, let's go take it. Mm-hmm. So um, the main city that they wanted to take was Jacksonville, which is right next to Olusti. And essentially what happened was um, the Union general was Truman Seymour. I hope I'm pronouncing that properly. Um, I think you got it. Yeah. <laughs> so he came in um, with a lot of men. And the um, Confederate Army actually enveloped them with less men. And they actually won the attack. And it was very significant because it was one of the first battles to be using colored soldiers. Mm-hmm. So um, you had, after the Emancipation Proclamation, you had these um, freed slaves coming in to the north, and they actually joined the Union Army. Yeah, I read, uh, yeah, the um, African Americans were not originally allowed to enlist and fight for the Union mm-hmm. at the beginning of the war. It wasn't until uh, the war had already been going on for a little bit that uh, Lincoln allowed them to fight. And... Again, you said, so this battle was on February 20th, 1864, and I, I read that part of the reason uh, Brigadier General Truman Seymour, mm-hmm. he was the leader of the, the Union forces in this battle, uh, part of the reason was to, um, you know, cut off the South uh, for the, to the resources in Florida, and part of it, their raid into Florida was also to in, um, recruit 
black soldiers to right. help fight for the Union. So the Union had 5,500 men mm-hmm. in this battle, and the Confederates had about 5,000 men. So they yeah. s- slightly smaller. And I, it's kind of a it was kind of a theme throughout the Civil War that the Confederates, while the Confederate Army, mm-hmm. while smaller in many battles, was able to gain a lot of victories, even though they had fewer right. men. In general, they were more crafty with their techniques. Um, the Union used a lot of older techniques for military, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's a lot of the reason. Yeah, I was. Uh, have you ever seen the the Civil War? documentary by ken burns i haven't so it just it's on netflix oh, if you want to check definitely it out watch it yeah came out in 1990 and i think it was the it still i think holds the record for the most viewed program that ever aired on pbs wow i think like That's 30 incredible. 30 million people tuned in in the ni- in 1990 every you know to watch this program anyway i started watching the first mm-hmm. couple episodes the other day and w- one thing that stuck out is they said that the part of the reason that the civil war is like the bloodiest war for the U.S. at least, is because that the the tactics used by the armies had not yet caught up to mm-hmm. the weaponry that was used. Right. So they had these rifles they were using that could, you know, fire and, and hit someone from hundreds of yards away, and yet they were still kind of using that those Revolutionary mm-hmm. War tactics yeah. where they would just line up in straight lines and march in, in wide open spaces mm-hmm. straight towards the enemy, and meanwhile the enemy... It's just pointing rifles and uh, just mowing people down. Uh, a lot of the generals on both sides actually went to the same military school. So they had learned all the same things. Yeah, all lot, the same to West Point, procedure. right? Yeah, yeah, West Point. Mm-hmm. So you have uh, Confederate generals and Union generals doing the same exact thing to one another. Mm-hmm. And it just ends, it's a huge mess. Yeah. And Okay, so back to yes. the Battle <laughs> of Alusti. So Alusti is, yeah, in, it's in northern Florida, mm-hmm. uh, just east of Lake City. So about, I think about four, four and a half hours from north of here. Yeah. General Seymour is marching his Union force of about 5,500 men from Jacksonville towards Lake City. Mm -hmm. And so what happens? Basically what happened was they weren't expecting the Confederates to really be ready, but Mm -hmm. they were. So the Confederates come in and boom, bloodiest Mm -hmm. battle in Florida. Bloodiest battle. Bloodiest battle mm. in Florida. I think there were around 2,000 casualties, wow. which is unheard of for Florida. Yeah, I've got some numbers here. And I, I read that uh, uh, Seymour thought that they were just going to be fighting some Florida militia. Right. And in fact, it was you a know, big chunk the, of the Confederate a 5, army. A yeah. 5,000-man force commanded by Brigadier General Joseph Finnegan on the Confederate mm-hmm. side. And... The Confederates, you know, fended off the Union advances, and yeah, like you said, it was a very bloody yeah. uh, battle. I think I read that based on the proportion of the amount of casualties to the amount of men fighting, it yeah. might have been the second bloodiest battle in, in the, the entire war. Civil War. Mm-hmm. On the Union side, 203 men were killed, and 1,152 were wounded. A lot. And 500, more than 500 were captured or were missing after the battle. So that's out of 5,500 men, you've got, you know, almost 2,000 mm-hmm. that were uh, wounded, killed, or captured or missing. On the Confederate side, 93 were killed. So significantly fewer men killed mm-hmm. on the Confederate side than on the Union side. 847 were wounded and only six captured or missing. So it was a Confederate victory. Right. And they retreated back. The, the Union retreated back to, I think, Jacksonville after the battle. Most likely. Mm-hmm. So what, what, what would you want people, you know, on your, on your trip mm-hmm. that you're going up there for? What do you want, 
What do you think is the most important thing you want people to know about this battle? I mean, most people, even students, even when we're taking American history, we don't really realize, oh, the Civil War did happen in Florida. It was here. But um, I want to make sure that students are aware of this. I mean, it's not a small number of casualties here. Mm -hmm. um, we need to make sure that these people are remembered. Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest message to take away. Yeah, and I, uh, and I read that the, the defeat uh, made the, the Union kind of rethink you know, further uh, involvement in Florida after yeah. that. They're like, okay, well, is Florida really that strategically mm -hmm. important that we're going to risk losing, you know, hundreds and hundreds of men in these small battles that may be not that important in the right. grand scheme of things? Yeah, it's a very interesting battle. Um, very weird for the Civil War, mm -hmm. I'd say, um, because a lot of the battles were fought, you know, in Virginia, Kentucky, those areas. Mm -hmm. um, so coming down to the swamp, was very unusual for the Union. They didn't really have a feel for the terrain. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure a lot of the, the Union soldiers, being from up north, uh, were not prepared to deal with, not at all. with the mosquitoes. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I think I heard, uh, I think two-thirds out of you know, uh, the casualties, of all the men who died in the Civil War on both sides, I think two out of three died from just disease. Yeah. Not on the battlefield. It was a very rough war, mm -hmm. to say the least. Yeah. Uh, okay, so another interesting thing that I learned. So the most famous piece of artwork on the battle, it was a, a lithograph oh. uh, published by Kurtz and Allison in 1894. We'll put it up on the screen for people who are watching. And it was part of a post-war series of romanticized images of Civil War. And the interesting thing about this piece of artwork is that it's basically known that it's not very accurate um, yeah. because they, the, the battle was fought in like a, in the pine woods. And this image kind of depicts mm -hmm. just an open battlefield with not a lot of trees kind yeah. of off in the distance. And, you know, the, the artists, I think, maybe basically admitted that they didn't know exactly what because they weren't yeah. there. So they just kind of mm -hmm. had to guess what it was like. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, it kind of uh, represents like the idealized form of war. Mm -hmm. At this time period, people kind of saw war as like an adventure, like, oh, we're going to war, um, not more as of a we're fighting. Yeah. So this is kind of glorifying, I, I think, mm -hmm. one of those types of things. Yeah, and you can you can just barely make out in, in, the, in the lithograph uh, that so the, the Union soldiers are the ones closest to the viewer, I guess you would right. say. And you can just kind of make out that, yeah, the, uh, most of them are uh, black soldiers. Yeah. And I, I think the, the, it was the 54th Massachusetts Volunteer Infantry, Infantry Regiment and the 35th United States Colored Troops were, I think, the main soldiers used by the Union in, in that battle. So that's also, you know, important yeah, history to is. know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so what are you most looking forward to for this trip? Um, I actually recently visited my first battlefield when I went up to the American Battlefield Trust, um, I want to say like a few weeks ago, and I visited Fort Stevens. It was a lot of fun. Uh, very interesting to see, you know, like this is history that you're mm. standing and walking around in, and I just want to feel that again, like experience that again. Yeah, where's Fort Stevens? Um, it's in Washington, D.C. Okay, right, yeah. exactly that, sure so that's where, where the American Battlefield Trust is located? Yeah. Yeah. Did you know about the Battle of Olesti before you got involved in this? Or? Actually, no. Yeah. I knew that the Civil War was in Florida, but I didn't really know specific battles mm. or specific information about it. Yeah. So it was very interesting to learn about it. So I know that you, you told me that you're more of a fan of world history yes. <laughs> than American history. Mm -hmm. uh, 
what do you what is it about world history certain time periods or locations that you're more interested in I would have to say that uh, I'm definitely interested in World War One uh, in school we study World War One like it's everything um, more than World War Two yes yes um, we learned about the lead up to World War Two but it's mostly World War One because that's kind of what changed warfare forever yeah um, I also love Rome. I'm not as knowledgeable as I hope to be, but I definitely love learning about it. So have you, uh, yeah, I just want to go back to the World War I. Sure. So you find World War I more interesting than World War II? Because yes. I think a lot of people think World War II is more mm-hmm. interesting than World War I. Yes. Uh, my best friend, he's pro-World War II, so we have debates over which one is more interesting, um, as weird as that sounds. But um, I feel like World War I is more of a like global change in everything. Um, I want to go into international affairs. So looking at the changes from before World War, World War I to after is very unique. Um, World War II, of course, it was significant. I'm not going to deny that at all. I just think the changes from before and after are so weird and so cool to look at. Mm-hmm. Well, what kind of changes? So you're looking at the Treaty of Versailles, right, mm-hmm. after the war. So that essentially placed Germany in everyone's bad graces. Um, they had to pay enormous amounts of war reparations, and they were essentially blamed for the entire thing, even though it's not necessarily how it turned out from the beginning. And it changed the, um, the theory of war. So how people looked at it, like I said before, like people looked at war as an adventure, like a journey. Oh, I'm going to war. It's a, like a proper thing that the princes would do. But afterwards, people looked at this like, wow, war is terrible. War is awful. Mm-hmm. We can't do this again. But then it did happen again, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, okay, so just going back to your project, yeah. um, if people want to help you, I know so I know you need a little bit of funding mm-hmm. and, and you need some interested people to go with you on the trip. So if anybody mm-hmm. you know listening to this is interested in maybe being a part of it or helping out, what can they do? Uh, they can email me. Okay. Uh, my email is sarahdance716 at gmail, and that'll be posted, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so just feel free to shoot me an email. Um, we're looking for sponsors for food for lunch because we want to make sure that all these students can go for free. Um, mm-hmm. No cost whatsoever. And um, busing would also be an issue. So if anyone has any transportation linkages, that would help a lot. All right. Yeah. So one more time, your email. It's uh, sarahdance716 at gmail.com. If you're interested in helping or you maybe just want to learn more, you can email Sarah at that email. Uh, what's next after that? Do you have, is it just a, is it a single project thing or is it mm-hmm. once you do that, I'm sure you're probably just more focused on just making sure that, that this mm-hmm. goes smoothly, but, uh, is there anything more in the works with the American Battlefield Trust after that? Any idea? Yes. Um, I'm actually going up to DC in a little bit less than a month to go to lobby day, which is basically where we have meetings with congressmen and women. And we are essentially lobbying for the American Battlefield Trust, telling them, why you should support battlefield preservation, things like that. So I'm going up and I'm speaking to uh, Francis Rooney and a few more of the Florida representatives. So Well, that'll be a good experience yes, for you too. because I know that you, you said you were interested in getting into politics maybe in the yes. future. So yeah, that'll be a great experience for you. What, what is your, so you're a senior, you're going to be graduating mm-hmm. this year. Yes. Um, what's your plan after graduation? Uh, without giving out too much yeah. about the college process, um, I'm looking in and out of state. I'm trying to keep mm-hmm. my options open, but I do plan on possibly applying to one of the IVs for early. So yeah. that's the goal. We'll see how it good turns out. Yeah. Thank well, good you. Good luck. Thank you. And what are you going to, what do you plan on studying? I want a double major in international relations and linguistics. Linguistics. So, yes. Yes. I actually speak uh, Spanish and German. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Trilingual. Oh, yes. <laughs> Not so fluently. Do, do you want to learn a fourth language or just? Absolutely. Yeah. I want to learn the fifth, sixth, and seventh languages. Um, I'm studying Mandarin Chinese. Whoa. It's very difficult. 
Um, but I'm hoping to learn Russian as well. Look at you. Wow. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I can barely speak English and you're already on looking <laughs> oh, towards fine, your fifth and sixth fine. language. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how long have you been speaking? Uh, you said Spanish and uh, German. Spanish. I've been taking classes since seventh grade and I took my final year of Spanish in ninth grade, which is unfortunate, but that's but how it goes. You speak it? Uh, not as much as I used to okay. because of the gap in learning, mm -hmm. but uh, I still am conversational. Cool. And then German I've been doing for two years on my own. All right. And what, what else are you involved in in school? Uh, I'm the president and founder of the Model United Nations Club at my school, which is my biggest thing. Uh, we go to conferences probably five-ish times a year. So prepping for that, research, all that fun stuff. Um, I'm also the senior chairperson, co-chairperson of a student union, which is like our academic honor society. Uh, and I'm also the team captain of my school's A-team. A-team. Yes. We do that right oh, here yeah. in our studio. I recognized it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, partnership. It's like Jeopardy mm -hmm. for high school students, yeah, basically. Yeah, a lot of fun. Good partnership with the School District of Lee County and the Foundation Foundation for Lee County Public mm -hmm. Schools and NBC, too. So yeah. that's coming up here in a couple oh, months, yeah. or is that next semester? Um, I think in a few months. Okay, yeah. It's All right, well, yeah. looking forward to seeing you here back for that. Um, were you on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? I was. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about that. I was, uh, yeah, I just Googled your name and then I saw oh that you were, on, yeah. you were on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. What was it that was. like? Um, it was weird. When was that? That was actually the summer before my freshman year. So I think 2016. Um, that sounds right. Uh, essentially, we were 20 kids and we were all just clumped in the green room. We didn't know when we would be going on the show, if we would be going on the show. And it was just a whirlwind. That's the best way to describe it. It was how do you, crazy. How do you even get on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Did you apply? And yeah. how does that work? Yeah. So I'm a part of the Duke TIP program, which is okay. a program where you take the SAT in seventh yeah, grade. I did that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> get to go on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, no. though. I'm Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. So my mom got an email from them saying, oh, we're looking for whiz kids for this game show. My mom's like, let's just do it. Who cares? Why not? So we submitted my grades, um, test scores, IQ, like weird stuff stuff like that. And we got an interview. So we got a call. I was actually in Montreal for my brother's hockey tournament, which is very weird. Um, and they're like, hey, we want to schedule an interview with you. What time is good? And we had to fill out this very extensive sheet detailing what I want to do with my life, um, colleges I want to go to at age like 14, which is crazy. Um, and we sent that to them. And then I had a Skype interview where I was given a few trivia questions. And then they also did a stage test. So seeing if I was okay on TV. And yeah, I know. And um, then we got a call uh, about a week after saying that I would be selected to be on the show. And we flew out to Vegas that summer. So it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So then you get there and what was it like? Um, it's, it's, what am I saying? It's um, recorded in Bally's, the hotel in Vegas. Okay. So we get there and it's this huge soundstage. But it does look a lot smaller than it does on TV. And they're kind of going through, okay, this is where you stand. Uh, this is where you look. And this is how the answers pop up, and this is how you select it. So they made sure, very, very clear, that we had to explain very thoroughly every single answer. Mm. So when you hear on game shows, people are explaining the simplest of answers. That's why. Mm. Yeah. So you uh, made it on the show. Mm -hmm. How'd you do? I won $30,000, so nice sum of cash. Good for you. <laughs> Thank you. How, so how many... So you got through how many questions? I want to say it's around seven, mm. somewhere around Do you remember there. what some of the questions were? Yeah, I remember the question, of course, the one that I didn't know how to answer. Um, I decided to walk instead of risking it. It was about uh, which space shuttle was pecked by a pigeon before it was sent out to orbit, like really obscure. Not my thing. I'm not into astronomy. Um, so I just decided to leave. 
Do you remember the answer? Which one was it? I think it was Enterprise. Okay. Yeah. That's the one from Star Trek, right? Sure. No, I'm, I'm a Star Trek fan. <laughs> uh, well, hey, $30,000 is nothing. It's not bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially for a young student, you know, mm. that can go right into your college fund oh, or whatever. you already know, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, and I heard that your, your dad helped you with one of the... Yes, my dad is very intelligent. And uh, he was able to help me from a, for a question about the Statue of Liberty. So he was asking um, which famous landmark was covered by a substance called verdigris. And I'm like, Dad, help me. So he came up and he figured out Statue of Liberty. Is that the one that got you to 30000 I think that got me to 20000 Oh, okay. Yeah, so right. right there. So then you got to the rest of the way all by oh, yourself. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's cool. I'm sure that was yeah. a fun experience. It was totally fun, yeah. Uh, is there anything else um, that you're involved in that you're excited about that you want to talk about before we kind of move on to the, the final five questions? Let's move on to the final five. <laughs> all right. Sarah, what is your favorite book? Slaughterhouse-Five by Kurt Vonnegut. Mm, I've... I've heard of it. Mm -hmm. I haven't read it. What's it about? Okay. It's a very weird story. Um, Kurt Vonnegut, he's a literary genius, but a lot of geniuses have some stuff going on. So um, he was writing about this book, about an author writing a book about Dresden, Germany, which if you don't know, that's a um, famous village in Germany that was bombed by the Allies during World War II. And he was saying that he wants it to be an anti-war novel. And then you jump into what the novel is, and it's about this man named Billy Pilgrim. And Billy Pilgrim was working in the mines during the day of the attack. And he actually survived, and he now has this traumatic disorder where he thinks he can travel through time and space. So he thinks he was kidnapped by aliens who kept him and put him in a human zoo. And it's basically like his struggle with this, and he constantly jumps through time throughout the book. So one paragraph, he's in the present. One paragraph, he's in the future. And it's very, very cool read. That sounds amazing. I want to yeah, read that You should. Tonight. You should. Cool. Yeah, do it. Uh, all right, what's your favorite movie or TV show? Oh, okay. That's really hard because I'm a fickle person. Um, don't think I have a favorite, but for documentaries, my favorite is definitely the H.H. Holmes documentary mm. on Netflix. So H.H. Okay. H. Holmes was the first serial killer in America. Um, he did all his stuff during the Chicago World's Fair, so it kind of went unnoticed. And it was very weird how he did it because he made a hotel called the Murder Hotel, and he essentially made the rooms so he could trap people and kill them. Yikes. And it's, it's super interesting to me. But, you're you're um, into some dark stuff. Dark stuff? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> sure, I guess. <laughs> uh, I think we all are a little bit. Of course. Um, all right. I'm telling you, check out The Civil War by Ken Burns I will. on Netflix. I will. It's long. It's like 11 hours long, but it's broken up into like nine do it. episodes. Yeah. So, uh, All right. What's your favorite song or who's your favorite musical artist? I love indie rock music. Indie rock, okay. Yes, so like not mainstream stuff, mm. undiscovered artists. Um, my favorite artists are the Frights. They're okay. a band. They're really good. Um, I don't have a favorite song, though. Kind of listen to whatever I'm feeling that day. I don't either. I yeah. Mean, it's, you, Changes yeah. too often. Yeah. Uh, all right. What, uh, I think your favorite subject in school is probably history. It definitely is, World yeah. history. Do you, all history. Aside from history, though, what, mm -hmm. do you, what do you like to study in school? I actually like math, which is yeah. weird because it's a complete dissociation from history, but uh, math and economics definitely mm. blend well in my head, so I do well with those two. Okay. Uh, all right. I'm really uh, I'm interested in your answer on this oh, one, gosh. so okay. because you're such a history buff. If you could have dinner with anyone living mm -hmm. or dead, who would it be and why? Okay, so I have like two main schools of thought for this one. Okay. Uh, my first would be Caligula who was Ooh. one of the Roman emperors. He was one of the crazy ones. Yeah, you um, do have a... <laughs> a I, I mean, like I just want to have... I have so many questions. Yeah, okay. I think that's the thing. Because yeah. uh, he appointed his horse as consul. And I really, really, really want to know if that was a political move or if he was just mentally insane. You haven't seen the movie, I hope. 
Okay, good. No. All right, no. No, good. Yeah, don't 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 watch the movie. Okay. <laughs> um, and then my other school of thought would be to take uh, Murray Rothbard, Karl Marx, and Adam Smith, put them in a room together, and just listen to what's going on. Because mm. they're all economists with completely different schools of thought. Yeah. And I just want to hear what's going on. Mm. Cool. I like that answer. Arguments. Yeah. Yes. Just be a fly on the wall. Oh yes, absolutely. I think some heated arguments would break out absolutely yeah, yeah. Uh, fist fights all of it yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right we don't condone violence here at the school no, district of Lee all, county all. so all right that was a joke <laughs> uh all right sarah schwartz uh right. senior at estero high school thank you for coming on good luck with your project thank you and i think it's really cool and good luck with your future thank you all right, all right. and thank you for watching and listening we'll see you next time <laughs>